Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty360. I hope everyone's happy, safe, and well today. I want to welcome you back to another edition of Loyalty Live. Uh, in this series, we talk to leaders in customer channel and brand loyalty about the technology, trends, best practices uh, that impact a brand's ability to drive unique engagement, uh, drive uh, personalized experiences, and most importantly, customer loyalty. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Todd Leach, who's a Chief Client Officer for SMG. Hi, Todd, how are you today? Doing well, how are you, Mark? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Uh, got my COVID shot today, so uh, feeling good. Yeah. So I uh, got that out of the way. But anyway, so uh, again, thanks for taking the time. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with the organization? And for those who may not know what SMG does and who you are, it'd be great to have you know a little bit of detail about what you guys do and how you do it as well. Sure, sure. So Todd Leach, uh, as you said, Chief Client Officer. I've been at SMG for almost 13 years now. Um, my role is I oversee our client operations, insights, research, and client success teams. And I have a background in consumer insights market research prior to my time at SMG and um, in fields such as healthcare, insurance, financial services. And I think about SMG and what we do, we're a customer, patient, and employee experience measurement and management firm. And so that means we collect solicited and unsolicited feedback um, from customers and from employees and translate that into actionable insights for our clients. And so really work hand in hand with our clients to understand the data, understand what it's telling them and helping them activate that data and turn it into insights. Okay, great. One of the things we love to do is uh, get a little personal information on the people we speak with, uh, maybe a fun fact about yourself, uh, something you like to do, jumping out of a plane, uh, yeah, traveling, whatever it may be. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's like I've got one that's old. Um, so I played football at a small college, but that's been, unfortunately, it's been a long time now. I was thinking about it um, as preparation for this. Uh, it's been a long time. I'm not sure how much of football I remember, but it, you know, it was a small college, um, which meant no scholarships, which means you do it because you love it um, for the competition, you know, for the process of improvement, for getting better, and that kind of thing. And you know, in the last year, I would say um, for me, you know, COVID has been good for me in one way that. Um, I have more time at home you know, with less client travel this year. And so that has meant um, getting back into exercise and running and that kind of thing. And I ran my first half marathon in December. So that's, that's a fun fact about me. Um, used to play football, got out of shape over 30 years and then figured out a way to get back in shape. So that's been fun. That's good. That's good to hear. It's uh, always great to hear stories about that because uh, uh, fitness is a very important thing, especially going through COVID, right? Uh, the healthier, the better it is. And uh I'm a big fitness fanatic myself, so uh, I don't run as much, but I love lifting weights and uh, doing uh, a lot of things with my my kids who are pretty big athletes. So uh, it's good to hear that. So perfect. Um, you talked a little bit about your company, uh, what you do, the industries you work with. I think what was interesting and what we hear from our brand membership is truly understanding the customers, being able to take these disparate data sets and make them actionable is uh, very important. Can you talk maybe at a high level about how you help brands do that? Because you know, getting the right data and simplifying it in a manner that they can truly use is very important, but it can be very, very difficult. Yeah, so you know, first, we serve a lot of interest, industries, restaurant, retail, um, C-store, grocery, personal services, all the way through movie theaters, healthcare, financial services. There are a lot of data sources, right? When, when I first started in this, in this industry, um, we had one, it was IVR phone surveys, right? And right. I quickly went to web surveys and then mobile surveys. And now we have 
um, all these listening posts, both solicited and unsolicited, things like ratings and reviews, um, you know, video feedback, all these different channels. And not only that, but we have all the operational data um, from our clients as well. And bringing all that into one spot, um, both from a reporting standpoint and from an analytics standpoint, I think is the key. And so you want to put it in the hands of the frontline employees, but then also be able to take that data and analyze it and understand how it's all connected and understanding the relationships between it at the macro level, at the company level. And that's that's kind of what we do. We do both, right? So one is, is a reporting platform that makes it easy for a frontline user to go in and understand what's going on in their location or in their district or in their region. But then also layering on top of that, the consulting and our insights teams and professional services groups to come in to our clients and share with them what we're seeing in the data and answer bigger business questions. So those two things together, we're very focused on the consulting side of things and program design and best practices and making sure our clients can activate um, the data and take action within their organizations. Okay, I think it'd be good to kind of rehash that thought. Um, you know, a lot of people are familiar with software as a service. Uh, you talk about being software with a service, software with a service provider. Can you kind of maybe detail kind of what that means again for our audience? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think it's it's probably the big differentiator for us and what we do. And it's it's more than just the technology to listen and report. It's the consulting, the insights and professional services to activate those insights and activate that data. Um, you know, what we find is our, our clients want consulting on program design, on best practices for things like goal setting, benchmarks um, that they can compare themselves to or cross client analysis. I believe service shouldn't be an add-on. It shouldn't be something that you have to pay extra for. It should be part of it because what happens with a lot of programs especially in, the, in this space is if you don't have that service on top of it, they tend to get stagnant and just sit. And if I'm an executive at a, one of our clients, I want somebody pushing us. Um, pushing us to get better, holding us accountable to what others are doing in the industry. And that's what our teams do here. Absolutely. That's great. And I think that's interesting too, because one of the things we've seen uh, going through COVID, and we actually just released our first industry report, uh, similar to a Gartner Forrester on customer loyalty and kind of ancillary services. And one of the things that we saw is that to your point, pricing is, is a big challenge, right? So you sign up for a contract, it's X, but then you get into the, the services piece, the piece that you really need, the metrics, the benchmarking, cross-industry analytics. Well, that's uh, an extra charge for organizations. And it becomes very challenging for those who are running customer experience and customer loyalty programs to substantiate that to their CFO that, ah, you know, I, I know we signed up for a million dollars here, but it's actually only one five. And then it, it, right. it really, it, it, it kind of breaches the trust. And it's great to hear that you guys do that in that manner. So that's awesome. Um, next question, when you look at customer experience, you look at customer loyalty, what do you see as the biggest challenge, the biggest opportunity today? Man, if I think about frontline consumer and it's, it's the choice they have, right? It's access to um, all of your competitors in the palm of their hand. Um, Cross-channel experiences is another one. So you layer on top of the choice. Now you can access a brand in a, in a number of different ways. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's another big piece. Um, so a lot of choice. I would also say that, um, you know, one of the things that I see that's missing in terms of customer loyalty, not missing, but sometimes forgotten about is, is the importance of the employee experience um, at the front line of that, right? And so if you're gonna try to build customer loyalty is ensuring that you're listening to your employees as well, because that's typically a great source of that information and a um, great source of knowledge of what your customers are thinking in terms of how your employees engage with them. So 
but I would say the biggest challenge is choice um, and how brands access um, you or how consumers access your brand, I should say. Okay. Is there a brand that you think uh, does an exceptional job of creating customer loyalty? It could be a client of yours or it could be someone that you're just loyal to in general. Uh, and, and you know, why yeah. do you do a great I, job? Could, I could talk about, I mean, there's a lot of well-known brands that, that do a great job. And I was thinking about this and I'm thinking about all the clients I work with. It's like picking your, your um, favorite kid. Um, you know, I have, I have three kids and I won't tell you which one's my favorite, but, um, but it's like picking your favorite. And we work with a lot of great brands and I'm going to name a couple, but I will say brands like Tractor Supply. Um, you know, it's a retailer and, and from where I sit, they stay true to their core customer while also working on building their customer base at the same time. They don't lose sight of their, their core customer base. But what I've loved about watching Tractor Supply over the decade plus that I've had the opportunity to work with them is they adapt quickly. Um, when COVID hit, they were one of the first brands that got um, curbside pickup up and launched and they did it in a matter of weeks. And we, we saw this across a lot of our clients and across a lot of the um, retail and restaurant space, the adapting quickly. The other thing I love about Tractor Supply is um, when we go to meet with them, we're in the room and we have CEO, COO, CFO, um, we have the entire organization in the room for presentations and they are talking about action in the moment. They're not, it's not a readout where they all go and think about it and don't do anything with it. They're taking action. And so I, I, I think about them and other brands like Chick-fil-A, obviously fantastic brand. And we have a 20 plus year relationship with them. They're passionate about listening to the customer and getting better. Um, and what separates great brands is this idea that they're never satisfied. And, you know, if you take a step back and think about a brand like Chick-fil-A, you could say, well, why do they even need to listen? to what the customer thinks anymore. They, we've got this nailed, right? I mean, their drive-through lines are wrapped around the building, but they're always pursuing excellence. And I think that's that's the key to their greatness is they never, they, they're never satisfied. Absolutely, interesting. So uh, when you look at uh, kind of opportunities for brands to drive customer loyalty, customer experience, you know, what is a piece of advice that you would recommend to them to help? Uh, and one of the things that we see right now as well, too, is a lot of complexity in software, a lot of complexity in, in process providers or service providers. They make the, the process around customer experience and customer loyalty so arcane. It has buzzwords and euphemisms and kind of measurement becomes a challenge. So, you know, are there one or two things that you would recommend to a brand that can help them increase their customer experience and customer loyalty efforts? Yeah, um, there, there's some things that, are, that, we're, that we focus on with our clients. And, you know, one is I would spend time either internally or with your CX partner mapping out the customer journey and then connecting those passive and active listening channels to each moment of truth in that journey. It's a pretty eye-opening exercise to go through. And, and we've, we've been fortunate to do this with, with a number of our clients where you sit down and you literally just map out like all the different connections that a customer will have with your brand and how are you listening at each one of those moments of truth. And then I would say that constantly evaluate the progress you're making on your, your customer experience measurement strategy. Are you maturing it and how do you compare to others? And then the last point I would make is getting the data in the hands of frontline employees to take immediate action. That's a pretty straightforward one. Yeah. Um, and that hasn't changed, right? Since we've done IBR surveys all the way through to today, um, getting access to the data, to the people that can have an impact on that customer in the moment is critical. Okay, absolutely. I know you have a lot of clients in the retail and restaurant industries. Uh, a lot of them have been hit uh, exceptionally hard uh, due to COVID or by COVID. Um, you know, how have you seen COVID impact your clients and, and, and kind of brands in general? 
I mean, I think the, the need to be agile um, hit us all about a year ago, right about this week, right? Um, so, you know, I think about the changes that we've seen accelerate in the last year. So ghost kitchens, launching delivery only brands, buy online, pick up and store curbside, um, bring your own device, right? Mobile ordering. Um, it's accelerated a lot of the digital activities that clients were thinking about. I mean, I can't tell you how many um, executives I talked to last in April timeframe that were saying, yeah, we were in the middle of a 90 day evaluation process on curbside and we had to turn it on in about five days, right? And so that constant iteration and learning and listening, um, we were able to help a lot of those client, our clients um, in that early change to adapt quickly. Um, and that's, I think that's key. And so, you know, I think really it was all about um, listening and responding to customers in a more agile way um, throughout that as well. But, um, you know, um, yeah, necessity is the mother of invention. And we saw that last year for sure. Absolutely. What are maybe a best three practices in customer loyalty, customer experience within these industries? And and what advice do you give to the the you know the retailers or the restaurants uh, in the space to execute on these strategies? Yeah, I think um, you know the first one I, I said earlier. Um, so I tend to repeat myself a lot because I think these are important points. But democratize data, getting the data in the hands of people that can affect change, um, broadening the audience as well for that data. Clients that do this well and really have um, a cohesive plan are clients that are, it's broad in their organization. It doesn't just live in store operations, for example. It's across the organization. You're bringing in the right people. Um, connecting all the channels. So connecting all those customer feedback channels um, together, solicited, unsolicited, video, call center, um, digital, ratings and reviews, right? Not missing any of those data points and bringing all that together um, is critical. And then Again, continuing to evaluate your CX maturity and partnering with somebody who is going to challenge you and being open to those challenges. And again, I think you know brands that are not satisfied with the status quo are the ones that end up winning in the long run. And so I think that's that's key. You mentioned the democratization of the data, and that, that's obviously a, a very uh, germane point, uh, very relevant. Some brands struggle with that. And, and making sure that those people on the front line know the importance of customer experience, customer loyalty, uh, and, and, and kind of keeping them informed, but they don't necessarily need to know everything, right? They don't necessarily have to know the strategic pieces. They don't have to get involved in those kind of, uh, kind of intricate details. How, how do you execute on something like that? How, how do you keep the data uh, and the insight uh, by level or by need to know, right? How do you, how do, you do that effectively? Yeah, so, you know, I'd say for the frontline employees, it's um, closing things like alerts when a customer wants feedback, um, and th that's the action, right, at the, at the unit level. Um, we, we take our dashboards, our reporting tools, and they are set up by user group, and so the frontline people are going to see something different than a mid-level manager that's different than an executive user, and so you can aggregate the data and show the data in a way that... Um, makes sense for that individual um, user of the data. So for me, that's the key, right? Is making sure that we are setting it up in a way that is is usable. It's not too much. Um, I don't want a general manager or store manager in slicing and dicing data, right? I want them out running the restaurant or running the store, um, but right. the district manager may need more of that. And then the executive level wants an executive overview, right? Of the data as well. So, yep. Absolutely. So if you look six months, a year in the future, maybe five years in the future, how do you think loyalty programs, strategy, customer experience will evolve? We see a big change right now with obviously cookies are, are going away. Google says within two years, you know, less than 10% of people will be identified. 
you have the infighting between uh, Facebook and Google, right? And yeah. and all the walled guards are changing. There's a big push towards zero party data. And where do you see customer loyalty and customer experience going in, in you know the next six months, year, five years? Yeah, I think um, you know there'll be there's always different ways of getting customer feedback, right? And so um, you know connecting the dots between consumers and transactions has been an interesting change. I. I think that there will always be new ways of listening, right? Um, we're talking to clients and they're, they're looking at things like using video in stores to assess facial recognition and understand if that customer is happy or not, right? Um, and so I think the technology will continue to evolve um, and become less touch, um, maybe more unsolicited feedback, right? Um, different passive ways of collecting that information about a customer could be interesting, but I still believe that the fundamental things that are important not going to change when somebody has a challenge in a retail or restaurant setting and they want someone to respond to them they're going to they want the path of least resistance and they want to be able to get um, a response quickly and know that changes are being made so i think all the different ways you listen could change over time um, they didn't change for a long time then they all changed rapidly but i think how we take action on it i don't think that part um, is going to change in terms of expectations of a consumer Okay. You talked about some new technologies, facial recognition, obviously uh, being able to look at emotive uh, kind of scores or kind of where they are in, in a range of continuum. Are there other new technologies, AI, machine learning, uh, that uh, brands can be using effectively that uh, can help customer experience, customer loyalty? Other technologies um, besides facial recognition, you know, I think you know, the video stuff has been interesting. Um, for us, you know, we've had a handful of clients that are that are interested in that, and I think we'll continue to see clients want that. The video is what I like about it is um, it makes it real for the front line. And so when I've got a handful of clients that are that are now putting those videos back into the restaurant or into the store, um, so instead of saying it's about you know friendliness of associate is important, it is an actual video of a customer talking about their interaction with with a with an employee in, in that particular location. I think that continues to gain ground. Um, but from a tech standpoint, for me, it's it's connecting all those data sources um, is probably the most important thing to give that holistic view. And because in the past, you know, I mean, if you were just doing an IVR only survey, you might have missed my 18 year old, right? He's not going to take a phone survey. You might have heard from my mom, um, but you didn't hear from a lot of people in between. And so now with all the different ways we can listen, it's, it's just bringing that together. Okay. Uh, I know we kind of touched on this a little bit. What kind of metrics are important right now for maybe re retailers, restaurants? Are there a series of metrics or KPIs that you're looking at that are, are, are you know, important, uh, maybe one or two or three that kind of uh, getting back to that simplicity that can truly help, uh, you know, the, the brands look at customer experience and VOC and, in a different manner? Yeah, I mean, when, when I think about what we collect, right, we ask um, either NPS or overall satisfaction. And so we ask that OSAC question right up front. And that's usually a very good benchmark. But I, we talked about loyalty earlier and um, the return and recommend questions are the, are the key ones to me. Those are the behaviors and what somebody says they're going to do. And not only says they're going to do, but then we have ways of measuring what they actually do and looking at. So if they said they're going to return, did they actually return and do they return to your brand in a shorter period of time based on today's experience? And so, you know, connecting it all back to the financial metrics of an organization, I think is key. Um, and so I like return and recommend 
You can obviously drill down into a bunch of other things like understanding what are the key drivers and what influences those be those behaviors. But the two actionable things um, that the brands that most brands are looking at is do, do customers return faster and do they share about their positive experience? And so brands that do that well uh, versus brands that don't do that well, are there some in, in indicative pieces that uh, kind of allow you to see what that is or you know, why do some brands do it better than others? Is it they have better service or better product or better uh, focus uh, from democratizing the data or you know, why that dichotomy? Yeah, um, brands that do it better are, are taking action. They're understanding. So if I, if I back up, talk about overall satisfaction when we look at the key drivers. And if you're in the QSR fast food restaurant space, the key drivers of overall satisfaction are probably going to be things like speed of service, accuracy of order, taste of food, and friendliness. And brands that do those things really well um, tend to have better loyalty outcomes, so return and recommend behaviors. Um, you know, you think about it, again, I mentioned Chick-fil-A earlier, they could have a line of cars around the building, but you're still going to get in that line because you know it's going to be fast and it's going to be accurate and they're going to be friendly. And you know the taste will be consistent, right? And so it's brands that are laser focused in on those things. What are the key drivers of that experience for the brand? Yeah. And how can they continually improve those um, over time? Okay. And the last question I have for you is what can we do as a trade association for customer loyalty to, to help uh, brands or even technically uh, organizations like yourself in their customer loyalty and customer uh, experience journey. Yeah, I, I come back to it and I, I think I hit on it a few times, right? It's, it's about action. Um, you know, I can, I can measure my blood pressure every day, um, but if I don't do something to get it lower, um, it's just measurement for measurement's sake. And so I would say the same thing to any brand that wants to get better. It's listening and taking action and holding yourself accountable to that and being okay, being challenged by your, your partner in that, in, that, in that adventure as well. So um, never be satisfied is something we say a lot, right? And um, that's what I would, I would push for. That's awesome. Well, Todd, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. It was great uh, getting a, a, a kind of deeper dive into SMG, some things you guys do and how you're doing it. And most importantly, what you're seeing in uh, the brands and the, the verticals that you support, because I think being able to share what you're seeing really helps those who may have a challenge uh, kind of ascertain you know, what those challenges that are and kind of the depths that they actually may exist in the organization. You bet. It's been, it's been fun. Thanks, Mark. Perfect. Look forward to hearing from more. And uh, thanks for everyone for watching today. 